Hi, hello, welcome to a little bonus episode of Life on the Land, a Grazy Her podcast telling the stories of women living in rural and regional Australia. I'm Em Herbert. If you listened to our podcast earlier this week with Olympia Yaga, you would have heard that we were going to share this bonus episode detailing Olympia and her husband Eric's experience with the current situation in Afghanistan. Eric is a former US Marine and Special Forces operative who was involved in six combat tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. Last month, he set about trying to get his former Afghani interpreter out of the country and ended up helping 12 families get safe passage out of Afghanistan. When I interviewed Olympia, she told me that Eric was exhausted, having spent every spare second he had on the phone trying to find seats on planes in the carnage that was Kabul airport. It's finished now. Yeah, so it's over now, I guess. Yeah, obviously with the terrorist attack. Um, so yeah, like he, he had started, it was funny, One his interpreter um, that had worked with his team, um, they'd been trying since June to get all his paperwork sorted out and everything was just messy in the way that, you know, government run things that are trying to move fast just inevitably, inevitably end up being like, it's, you can't, it's easy to be blame and be like, you should have been more organized and it's like, you know, we just, there's no way to move that apparatus that quickly. Like it just isn't built to do that. Um, and then of course it comes down to the war. And I think it was just the most excruciatingly painful thing to watch in real time, a family of, so family of four, two, two young girls um, under five, I think, and his wife and himself. And you know, from the comfort of, the Monero, you know, in our little house here on the hill, you know, we're like just push through the crowds and 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 recognizing that like what they were actually having to do was push through, you know, upwards of two thousand single men with little baby girls on their trying to hold them as close as they could because the crowd was knew that if they could get those children off their parents that they'd slow them down. And so like people would like grab the kids' arms and try and rip them off their parents and hit them. Um, and so then they'd retreat and we're like, no, you have to go to the gate. And it's like, it, yeah, it was just this, and the guilt I think of being privileged enough to, to be sitting here from our lounge room, mm -hmm. trying to do what, you can to help a family navigate their way to safety and them having to navigate the complex emotions of like, you know, and then there's all these people that are like, why didn't they leave earlier? And I'm like, if you were living in your home and somebody told you that it was about to all go to hell, would you, do you think you'd actually accurately perceive the hell they're talking about? Mm. Or after 20 years of pseudo-stility, would you just imagine that it might be a little rocky? Mm. And, and so, um, yeah, and so then once we got cleared inside, then um, lots of other people were like, oh, I heard you were, were successful. Can you help with this other? And so it was this beautiful thing of like, you know, one of Eric's friends that got out of the Marine Corps is now a refugee attorney in New York. He was, so he's in New York and Eric's in Australia and then human rights attorneys in Europe and a whole bunch of, and then friends of ours who are now commanders inside the wire, um, all trying to do this thing. And the, the last um, individual that they supported in her work to get out was like, what a badass. She's, she was a single female 
Her name was Freshda, and she had moved back to Afghanistan and wanted to be an activist. Um, and so she had to get out. And the, her family had lobbied a congressman up in New York who contacted um, Eric and his friends and were like, you know, can you help us get these people out? So single female, no men accompanying her. So super dangerous for her to move. And she wasn't having it. Like she's just, she, for 24 hours, she sat out at the, ga- at the perimeter of the gate getting hit and kicked. And she's just like, I'm not moving. And she knew that she couldn't go back. Um, and the photo of, so that what they do is they message back and forth on WhatsApp to each other. And, um, and then when they ca- the Marines came to the gate for a retrieval, they couldn't open them because they just get stormed. So they were literally, so you not only had to, so anyone that's been in a mosh pit or a Keith mm-hmm. Urban concert knows what it's like to be at the front, right? Because it's like just everyone's trying to get like beads of sweat of Keith off their, on their face. And so it's the same thing. Like everybody's shoved against this wall, trying to get to be seen, waving their paperwork. And if you didn't have somebody lobbying for you, it was really hard to, because basically, you know, they were like, this is the person you have to retrieve from the gate. This is a photo of her. Here's all her paperwork. Um, And so these young Marines are leaning over the fence and taking photos of the crowd and sending them back to Eric going, can you see her? I can't see her. And so, yeah, and, and, and the crowd, it's just faces of people making the most desperate of emotional faces. Like it's just the most heartbreaking images and they're holding their children and they're holding their paperwork and, and, and yeah, these Marines are like, pick them. Where are they in this crowd? And so the photo of her, she is holding, she, was, she had to hold her pink headscarf and wave it and yell red wings, which is Erica's from Michigan. So all the code words were relative to a sports team from Michigan. So she's like yelling red wings and holding this pink headscarf. And um, yeah, and she's literally just in this sea of humans. And so Eric circled it and sent it back and said, that's her. And they had to reach down and drag her out of that crowd. Mental. It it just, I think it's so hard to comprehend and it's like something out of Handmaid's Tale. Uh, it's like it's something it's a work of fiction that's happening in real time played across our screens and I guess you can't rescue anyone everyone but how do you choose and it must be excruciating for Eric yeah like it's it's and it's all tied up in the the dynamic of Afghanistan right like should we have gone Mm. when did it fall like people forget right like Afghanistan is glorious and, and before the 60s was like super progressive, um, more women in parliament and traditional male-dominated roles than any other government in the world. Even after, you know, sort of into the war, you know, a decade in, Afghanistan had more women in parliament than most OECD nations. Like it was, it's just this glorious country with this incredible history Um but it's been so broken for so long that the repair is, you know, we apply very privileged white nation type ideologies to how this country should help itself back on its feet um, and then criticise when inevitably it fails. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, you can't save everyone. People, This is their country and, and, you know, making priorities around people who, 
you know, would be significant targets. Um, but the challenge, I think, and where it became difficult is that ultimately and inevitably all women in Afghanistan are a target of some kind. Um, and that breaks my heart. Like, I just, yeah, I just, it makes me want to be more aggressive in demanding um, equality in my own place and space. Like we, we consider, because I don't have to be restricted in Australia, we sort of consider ourselves quite liberal, and, but it, we're not. We're like an incredibly misogynist country. Um, and um, I used to, I remember when I was younger and people would say things like, oh, um, I don't know, you know, women's rights or whatever. I'd be like, oh, we've got rights, you know. I work in a male-dominated world, you know, from ag and... Um, and, and completely unconscious bias to getting peed on in the shearer's shed or mm. getting called a girl um, by grown men and being propositioned after Smoko and, like, all the really gross stuff that happens to or has happened to young women in agriculture. And, you know, yes, you can definitely celebrate the wins, but the irony of celebrating the wins is I was allowed to exist unmolested in this space. And it's like, I, yeah, I, now that I'm older and I can see it differently, it's just like, oh, I, I really want to be more purposeful in demanding that the men at the table, you know, it's time, let's get rid of some of the yucky language. Let's, mm. if you, yeah, you should be allowed to still have jokes and whatever, but some jokes now, Nick, we just need to retire because they're kind mm. of crappy ones. And they're yeah. teaching our little girls bad things about themselves. And so, um, yeah, just I think it's just given me a better purpose around how I want to be a participant, you know, how I want to participate in making that better for women anywhere. I know I'm not alone when I say it's hard to put into words what it's been like watching the news come out of Afghanistan. In particular, those harrowing scenes at Kabul airport will stay with me forever. The panic and fear is palpable and it's hard feeling hopeless while sitting in my privilege here. I was really struck by Olympia and Eric's experience and how they worked to help as many people as they could. In crises, I think we see the best and worst in humanity. It reminds me that one person can have a resounding ripple effect on other people's lives. A big thank you to Olympia for sharing their experience so we can better understand. Since season six of Life on the Land has launched, we've been really heartened by how many people have jumped on the subscription train and signed up to receive Grazy Her magazine in their mailbox. For a limited time, you can subscribe for two or three years and receive a beautiful pair of Peggy and Twig's pearl earrings. Check out the deal at grazyherd.com.au. We'll catch you on Monday for another episode of Life in the Land. Until next time, keep well. This is a Grazy Herd podcast produced by Manson and Company.